0: Welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, that's the King, and we're here to talk about American football. How's it going, King? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm so happy. I'm just getting excited now. Can you smell it?
1: I can smell it.
0: You can smell it. It's that
1: or you. I can smell
0: (laughs) probably both. It smells like Christmas and Easter were married, and then Christmas had an affair with Halloween, because Halloween is much hotter and sexier, Mm. and that illegitimate baby... Of Christmas and Halloween. It's the start of the NFL season, dude.
1: I'm nodding and smiling. That was very <laughs> obscure. But I agree it's exciting. You know i getting at there, man. I know it's exciting, yes. Oh,
0: it's like everything coming at once, it man. Is. It, it Only is. Only a couple of weeks to go. Less than two weeks until we finally see some actual football.
1: I know. I which know. is why we're
0: not going to talk about the pre-season much this no. week. Because it kind of doesn't exist.
1: It's, war- it's, a, it's, it's the warm-up. Yeah. For, for the real thing, isn't it?
0: Especially when someone's team doesn't score a point in their second week game. And the spoiler is it wasn't yours for a change. No, this is true. So we're not going to talk about that. No, we're not. We're going to talk about some other stuff. So obviously, you know, it's getting to that stage now where a lot of people like to indulge in fantasy football. And rather than just telling you which ones, you know, which players you should be going for, we're going to try and steer you onto some players that you thought it would be a lock to get you some points in the fantasy league. hmm but yeah, maybe just temper those expectations a little bit. Okay, yep. so
1: we're not but, saying don't draft these. No, people. No, don't
0: draft them. Just just be careful where you're drafting these people. All right, these aren't first five rounds. I think of of picks. Would you agree with that? King? I, I wait agree until at that. least round six, seven, maybe
1: later. Yep.
0: And with all these things, with everything in my life, King, I defer to you for the first time. Yeah, to let me know, or to let everyone know. Who we shouldn't be drafting high as a wide receiver in fantasy this year.
1: Yeah, because if you know my first overall pick would have been Aguayo. It would have been, it yeah. It would have been. You
0: just load up on kickers.
1: That's it, load up on kickers. Um Right, so Taco. my <laughs> So from a wide receiver standpoint, my first one, and this is gonna shock some people.
0: I can't wait to hear it, man.
1: Is a bit of Doug Baldwin. <laughs> Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin, I'm The number one receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, that that Doug Baldwin, yeah.
0: The Doug Baldwin had like a career year last year. He did have Over a, a thousand yards. He did. Yeah. He did. Double digit touchdowns. Double
1: digit touchdowns. Yes. Um <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna to I'm gonna, for sure I will draft him if I have the opportunity to do so. But like you said, outside of those first five rounds. Mm-hmm. Um Pourquoi? I think that the main reason for me is Tyler Lockett. I think he is gonna have Ooh. a breakout year. Um and the more he has the ball, the less Doug yeah. Baldwin has the ball. So I don't necessarily think Anything, any of these reasons are actually to do with Doug Baldwin. I actually think okay. he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to catch the ball when thrown to him. I just oh, okay, don't okay. think I don't think he's going to have as many touch, touches. Which maybe from a Seattle Seahawks perspective means they're a bit more balanced, but from his his fantasy value perspective, uh, it could be a bit of a hindrance for him. Mm. Um, so that's the main reason. Yeah. Um, any, any other reason? Then? Yeah. The other reason I think that um, they're going to try and establish the the run game again. Well, yeah. Um, you know they've drafted they've drafted a lineman uh, at the end, back end of the first round, uh, who by all accounts it's looks fade-y. A fade-y, yeah? who looks um, who looks decent, uh, looks really good in the the initial preseason games. Mm-hmm. So if he can uh, if he can shore up some of the offensive line issues they had last year, um, and they can sort of revert back to the smash mouth, we're going to run it down your throat and play really good defense kind of kind of play with players like Baldwin and Lockett, if they need to, that are dynamic playmakers as well. Um, I think that Seahawks could do very, very well as a team. As I said, I just don't necessarily think that is conducive to Doug Baldwin having a fantastic year of fantasy-wise.
0: We saw Thomas Rawls had a, a better year than uh, Marshall Lynch, really, mm-hmm. while he was still fit. And yep. then Christy Michael's done very well over the off-season and going into this preseason. He yep. certainly seems to have
1: turned a corner since coming back to Seattle. Yep. Also so, th- yeah, it's a good, well, it's a controversial, hope, you, is what we want. Yeah, you'd also hope that Jimmy Graham sort of starts to immerse himself within the offence as well, which again yeah. is going to take touches away from Baldwin. So it's, it, you know, if if Doug's listening and I'm hoping, hoping he is, um, <laughs> hey I, don't, Doug. I don't necessarily think it's anything to do with him. I just think that that team is going to try and be more balanced and not sort of lean on him for big plays. Mm. Um, so, but... I think a lot of those plays were down to Russell Wilson scrambling last year. So unless they have shored up the offensive line, potentially Baldwin's going to, you know, be a number one target again.
0: Yeah. Um, can, not... can I say something? Of
1: course you can. Of course you can.
0: I'm going to I'm going to throw one out that was um, ranked 27th in wide receiver picks. Okay. Uh, for the uh, upcoming draft. Yep. And that's uh, Golden Tate for the Detroit Lions. Okay. Interesting. More of the fact that. I think that people are going to overreach for this guy. Because they I now think... think he's the number one exactly. with Johnson again? Exactly, yeah. With, with Calvin out of the way, mm-hmm. Golden Tate now becomes the main threat at uh, wide receiver for the Lions. And I just think you've got to be careful with Golden Tate because he's just an average receiver. Yep. And no disrespect, but you know, your mum's a whore. No, I mean, like, no disrespect <laughs> to Golden Tate, but he's not a number one receiver. He's not that deep threat receiver that's going to get you those monster yards, that's going to go up against double or triple coverage and still come down with the ball. He's just, you know, he's not that player. Very few people are. Um, I don't think Golden would would say any different.
1: I think he's a very, very, very good number two. Yeah. Um, but he's, I he's very to me. I sort of compare him to an Anquan Bolden, very, very strong, dependable player. Um, will break tackles to get you that third down. But I don't necessarily think, like you said, he's going to have these seventy, eighty, ninety yard runs uh, mm. or run after catches, which means his uh you know that which inflate your fancy fancy points
0: um he got just under 120 points last year in fantasy and he's only predicted to get another six despite being the number one wide out now Mm. for the Lions, which kind of tells you everything that you need to know that you know what i don't want you to do in fantasy you know it's very easy to start panicking when you're into the round four or five when you've only got one or two wide receivers you know if golden takes there i'd still look at the running back position and look at someone else there before going for Golden Tate. You know there are there are plenty of other receivers out there. You don't have to overreach on the Golden Tate around round five. Yeah, I think he could fall down lower than that. Yeah, I wouldn't take him. Man,
1: to go slightly on a tangent, I'm now worried about our own fantasy league <laughs> yeah. because you clearly have done a lot of research. I'm purely basing these picks on gut.
0: Do you know what? I didn't want to do this section because we haven't drafted yet. No. <laughs> like, I fear that all of our uh, our people in our league are going to listen to this and actually figure out what I'm doing.
1: Indeed. But, um, Indeed. or not or, doing or or, not yeah doing. well exactly yeah well they know that all these guys are going to be available in the first five rounds now yeah, so that's good yeah <laughs> right so so my next one yeah go on then um, is Deshaun Jackson Washington Redskins wide receiver I've just got a feeling he's going to be the odd man out this year
0: He's got a slinger for a quarterback. He has,
1: he. but they're one of those guys. So him and Pierre Garçon are both on contract years. Yes. One of them they're going to get rid of, if not both. And I think that based on what I saw last year, Pierre Garçon is the more favoured target mm-hmm. for Kirk Cousins. They got Doxson in on um, in the draft, which to yeah. me suggests they're letting at least one of those guys go. And I've just got a feeling that Jackson's going to be the odd man out. Um, and they're going to give targets to Doxson where possible to sort of get them ingrained within that offence. Um so that yeah,
0: that's that's the main reason. They're very similar players, aren't they, Dockson and Deshaun Jackson. They're both deep threats.
1: Um yeah, ex the, the, the sort of main main difference is Doxon is huge and <laughs> yeah. Deshaun Jackson's quite slender and, and not the tallest guy. Um mm. so I just feel like certainly in the red zone, Pierre Garcon used to be targeted a lot more than Jackson. Mm. Uh you know, he's uh, he's a deep ball threat rather than a red zone threat, whereas Doxon is a is a bit of a burner. He can he can do the deep ball stuff, but he is going to be an animal in the red zone. Yeah. Um. So I just think that Jackson, you know, was already getting limited touches in the red zone. Is is that's going to continue, if not get worse, based on Doxon now being um now being available for them.
0: Well, I can't argue with you because I don't know the future. But no. you, know, you could be entirely that's, right on that. That's
1: one. my theory anyway. And that that's, that's it's
0: a valid point. of something to remember. Again, this is just advice. You know, cautionary tales when you're looking at your your draft list. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson's a name and he'll stick out yeah and so you'll be tempted just to pick him because yeah. and the, he is the draft gonna, will say pick him, pick him
1: and he is going to have those games where he's 120 yards and 2 touchdowns yeah but he's also going to have those games where it's you know one catch for 12 yards mm-hmm. so it's you know it's, it's finding the favourable matchups maybe pick him up in a later round and, and chuck him in when you think he's playing against a, uh, you know a, a weak secondary uh, potentially or, or at least one that's lacking any pace um, yeah so that's that would be my advice for how to deal with Jackson in the draft.
0: My second pick is downtown John Brown for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh. Now this is a bit galling for me because I picked John Brown in the draft last year and he had a, a pretty decent year. Um missed a few games through injury and you know, it's not looking good for him again this year. And with that Cardinals offence, he again, like you just said with Deshaun, he could this guy could be the old man out. In mm-hmm. that offense, you've got Michael Floyd, you know, you've got um, Larry Fitzgerald. There are other threats there, and with David Johnson being a, a double threat here, both in the running game and in the passing game, I think it's going to be difficult for for John Brown to see that many touches. Yeah, um, it's going to be very crowded in Arizona mm-hmm. looking to catch the ball from Carson. So, yeah, for that reason, you know, I, I like John Brown. He can pull pull off some amazing catches. It's just, you know. Between the injuries and between the the crowded um, wide receiver group, I think it's probably best to avoid John Brown any late any earlier than round eight.
1: Round eight, okay. You're picking rounds again. I'm just going on gut feel, guys. Just gut feel.
0: Um, I'm trying to feel like Fabiano yeah. <laughs> over oh, here. good for you.
1: the um, The third one on my list is Alshon Jeffrey. Mm. Yeah, I said it. Alshon Jeffrey, what? Chicago Bears. Number one wide receiver. Um, I'm also sensing a theme that none of none of my picks are based on what I actually feel like these guys are going to play like. Right. And actually, um, I rate all of these guys really highly. Yeah. It's um, just personal insults. It's yeah, just yeah, just I'm just going to throw them under the bus. No, it's um, it's the it's just the fact that there's other things that I think are going to impact their value from a fantasy perspective. Um, one for Alshon Jeffrey being. Cut, um, Jay Cutler's inconsistency Yeah.
0: Um,
1: that's always a question mark every year but he's
0: always got round that hasn't he he's always seemed to put up big numbers despite the fact that Jay Cutler's around to him
1: he has but then there's the other added factor of last year's first round pick for them Kevin White coming back in. Mm-hmm. So we've already talked about being the odd man out. I don't necessarily think Jeffrey's gonna be the odd man out. I still think he's gonna be the number one. But doesn't that help him? We oh.
0: saw with Brandon Marshall, when you take a, a cornerback away for, or safety away from Elson Jeffrey, he's even more dangerous.
1: He is. But I don't necessarily think that Kevin White is gonna is, is gonna demand double teams initially. Uh until he proves it. Uh, yeah and Zach Miller's not a bad player either and he started getting more and more of the ball throughout the season as well last year so yeah. I just feel like um, Jeffrey's not going to have as many targets as he had previously um, and Kevin White could be could be a breakout player from a fantasy, fantasy perspective if he can actually step up and acclimatise to the you know to the pace of the NFL yeah um, so yeah that's, that's that's my reasoning for Alshon Jeffrey
0: okay my third pick is ranked number 22nd out of wide receivers for this year's uh, fantasy draft
1: loving these stats
0: Eric Decker projected to get 158 points in fantasy and I'm telling you probably best to avoid him in the first five rounds because everyone knows that Brandon Marshall is the number one threat there in New York and that was terrible and that was rubbish yeah I'll I'll work (laughs) on it (laughs) And not only that, but who the hell's throwing to him? I mean, Fitz has finally been given a new contract, but, you know, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and he's... It's not, not going to overwhelm you with confidence, is it? No. Decker was always the full guy to, to Brandon Marshall. They're mm-hmm. both flying up on overage, and it's always seems to be Marshall that gets the, the call. So you know, I think that's wildly um, over-exaggerating how many points he's going to be getting this year. I can't see him getting
1: 158. No, he played well in London when we watched him. He had a fantastic. Yeah, he's he's not a bad plan. player. I'm
0: just, I'm just saying yeah. that there, there are other positions that will need your attention yeah. around that time, and just loading up on someone like Eric Decker is probably not the mm. best thing to do.
1: And he, for sure, if it was a top five fantasy best-looking players mm. in the league. Mm. I I'd be picking Decker I think first overall. He's a some chap. He is. he is, he is, he is a dime piece. But <laughs> that's not what we're drafting oh. here, guys. This is this is normal fantasy, not yeah. <laughs> not the dime piece fantasy draft.
0: Which come on we we've got two left.
1: Two left, right? Kelvin Benjamin. For me. Oh, oh.
0: oh, you've done it again. Uh-huh. You've just
1: taken out another
0: number one wide receiver.
1: Yep, Kelvin King, Benjamin. What are you doing? I know, Carolina Panthers.
0: Yeah, they've got a terrible quarterback, haven't they? You know. Terrible offence.
1: They haven't got a terrible offence. But <laughs> everything I'm hearing is Devin Funchess is playing absolutely amazing mm. in training and is has built a relationship with Cam Newton that I feel is going to mean that he is the the number one target this season. Um, so I think with his emergence, I don't necessarily think Kelvin Benjamin is, uh, Benjamin is going to have as bigger impact as people initially think with him coming back off this injury. Um and actually, since the injury, I feel like they're a more balanced offensive team, and he's not going to have these. They're not. They're, they're also a bit more clinical. So I don't necessarily think they're just going to chuck up to him because he's so athletic and so large. Mm-hmm. I think now that they're because they're a bit more clinical, um, they're just you know they're going to find ways to do it and they're going to stick to a game plan rather than you know potentially throwing up to him when they're when they're out of options. So I feel like he is going to have a bit of a regression or maybe the same as he had from a rookie standpoint but I don't necessarily think he's going to be this breakout come in and be a number one receiver on your team fantasy team that I think a lot of people are expecting him to be thoughts I
0: remember 2014 I know that you saw 2014 as well because we watched it together I, I remember watching Kelvin Benjamin and I remember watching you watch Kelvin Benjamin so I know that you saw him I did see him yeah, you're giving us this.
1: I am. I also saw Kelvin Benjamin in at Florida State.
0: And <laughs> oh yeah, here we go.
1: I also, I, I, he was really inconsistent there as well. So he wasn't inconsistent. The Panthers. But he he in makes tw-
0: the difficult catches and doesn't make the easy ones. It's a bit like Odell, isn't it? Really.
1: Yeah, to to a lesser extent. I I feel like, but it's the easy ones that get you the twelve yards, the twelve yards that are going to yeah. tally on points. That's what we got Funches for. Yes, yeah, but they're both red zone threats. I just feel like with mm. Funchess Emergence, uh, it's going to negatively impact Kelvin Benjamin's value in All right. fantasy, or points so this year.
0: Okay. All right, well, my number four, still moving up the ranks, was the number 20 ranked wide receiver wow. in fantasy draft. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. This hurts again, because I've picked Randall Cobb several times in fantasy drafts. You have. And uh, he's always been a very solid... Uh, pick last year was a little bit weird, considering the fact that he had no competition with Jordy Nelson there. Yeah, still didn't manage to get it done. Um But this year he does have competition. Jordy's back. Jordy goes straight in in the top ten of wide receivers for drafting, and I think that's not a great sign for, for Randall Cobb. He's predict, projected to get twenty one more points than last year, but still I don't believe that. You know, I think there's other there's other um, shouts there with Jeff Janis, and. Randall kind of played his hand last year. He had a chance to really establish himself as a number one and he didn't do it at all. No. And I just think that Aaron's probably not going to look his way too much this year again. He's going to go back to his favourite person, Jordy Nelson. If, we, if we're if we to believe the hype that Eddie Lacey is now or not Fat Eddie Lacey, that means a, a ton more work coming out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So that's even less production for Randall.
1: Do you not think, though, that by having Nelson back, that's going to free up um, you know, they're going to potentially double team him if he starts performing yeah, well. But early I mean, in the season
0: he still throws to to Nelson anyway, even yeah. if he's double covered. So, no, I think it's going to go back to the old days, but even less. <laughs> I think it's just bad, bad news for Randall Cobb. Right. Um, without giving it away, I probably won't be drafting him this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because of that, I think that someone else is going to snap him up. He's one of those names. He's been up around the top 20 for a few years, but mm-hmm. I think this year he's going to. Probably go sub 20.
1: Yeah, okay. That's interesting.
0: So last but not least, King, who have you gone for as a wide receiver to avoid in the top five rounds of Fantasy Draft?
1: I've gone for Tavon Austin.
0: Tavon Austin? Tavon Austin. Along with Brian Quick. I mean, who else is there for the Rams?
1: Uh, No one. So LA Rams... LA LA, yeah. LA we can Rams. say that now with authority yeah so Tavon Austin um, one I've not sold on Goff and Keenum has been a bit up and down when he started mm-hmm. um, whether that's for the Texans or whether that's uh, that's been with the Rams um, so I think that's going to impact it I also think that Todd Gurley is just going to have thousands of touches this year <laughs> and they're just not going to throw the ball at all because no. Todd Gurley's one he's the main attraction for that team um, offensively anyway uh, in the new city so I think from a fan's perspective they're going to want to play him as much as possible I feel like Jeff Fisher is a run first kind of guy that's what he likes to do he's a defensive uh, defensive coach by nature so sort of smash mouth play good defence like we touched on with the Seahawks is is his sort of style of play yeah Um. so I just feel like Tayvon Austin's not going to have as many touchdowns uh, touches sorry or touchdowns and you know he's his game is predicated on the fact that he gets these quick slants. He gets it's these screen players, passes, yeah. passes. Yeah, and you know, and if if team to cotton onto those, then actually, I don't, I don't necessarily see where he's going to get touches. Um,
0: it's a good shout, King, because you know he is considered probably the one, number one wide receiver for that group. Mm-hmm. And when you see a number one wide receiver for any team, you're tempted just to press the button and and pick him up. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable picking up Tavon Austin.
1: No, no. No, so, uh, so that's my fifth. Pick.
0: I, I can't disagree with you on that one. I mean, some of the others, I'm scratching my head. But, uh,
1: right, Matt, I went go big or go home, and I went big.
0: So you did, and so I'm going to have to follow you into the into the black hole. Yeah, you've been because my last. Don't don't say I've been conservative. No, on stuff you've been
1: these. you've been consistently going de- further and further down the rankings. So I'm yeah. interested to see how far down I'm gonna, you've gone. I'm
0: going to end on the number 14th ranked wide receiver, Demarius Thomas. Now. Super, yeah.
1: Super Bowl winner, Demarius Thomas.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to hear why.
0: Well, you know, Demarius Thomas, from all accounts, he had a, an alright 2015 for, for stats. 160 points he's projected this year, which is seven less than last year. Now riddle me this, King. How does a, a player who's catching balls from Peyton Manning for half the season and Brock Osweiler of the other half, Projected to score less points without them there.
1: Well, that was gonna be my point. He's not gonna have any worse quarterback play than he had last season. <laughs> but they're thinking he might. They could. <laughs> they could well have less. I mean, Trevor Simeon's
0: gonna be lining up for them this weekend.
1: He looks good. I he like looks average. He looks bang average. I like Simeon. He's Mate, better than Peyton Manning was at the end of last season. They've
0: got Mark Sanchez. They have got Paxton Lynch who went ready. Mark Mate. Sanchez has never been ready. Sanchez and Trevor Simeon, who is just average. I'd rather have Mike Glennon there.
1: Okay. Well, he's and not there. He's, not, he's there. not
0: there, and so I just don't. I don't see. Wait, I don't know. I've always had a bit of a thing about Demarius Thomas, where I've never drafted him, and you know it's obviously torched me a few times in the, in the past years. But yeah, because I did. I yeah, I don't. I don't understand why he's that good. I mean, I, I keep watching the Broncos, and I expect it to see a a, a dynamic player. And I just don't see it in him. I've got three letters for you. Go on Y A
1: Why? <laughs> See, that is why that guy is yeah, yeah, yeah. is so good because he pl- can play with poor quarterbacks, catch these bubble screens yeah. and take them for 15 yards, you know, stiff arm a couple of uh, cornerbacks and end up in the end zone. And he just, you know, he steals, he robs points.
0: Off Eric Decker. Off a, so well, Eric Decker moved to New York to get robbed of Brandon Marshall.
1: Exactly. So it's, <laughs> I, I just feel like this guy can. He adds his own value. I don't necessarily think. Uh, that, I ain't buying it. No. No, uh, I've
0: just got a thing. I've just got a grudge against him for no, no it's reason. Fine.
1: I can't. I can't argue. i picked Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey and Kelvin it Benjamin. Did, so yeah. that's, that's, uh, I'm that.
0: just saying. I mean, who the hell's the quarterback in Denver this
1: year? I, 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 I would trust any that. of them. I can't answer that. I can't. Neither, answer that. You shouldn't trust them either. Paxton Link shows flashes, but he, like you said, he's not ready. Simeon, ugh, could, could, you know, looks solid, but that's about it. And mm-hmm. we all know, we all know what Sanchez is. I think at this point, yeah, um, he's really good at getting you all the way to the red zone and then throwing an interception. <laughs> yeah. So, which is difficult because that's where you get the bulk of your points, actually, in the yeah, red zone yeah. from a wide receiver standpoint. So mm. that's uh, that's gonna be difficult for him. So I do, I I can see your point. I can see your point. Thank you. Come hey. on then,
0: King. Last pick for you. That was my. Oh, that mistake. was you really done 5 have weren't you?
1: I've done my five. I was just
0: so excited to hear another one.
1: Oh, um, that was that was my the the other one. I'm I'm potentially thinking. I li- this is literally off the cuff, so apologies for that. Go on then. Um, I hope he has a breakup year because I think he's an awesome player, but I would be wary of picking in the first few rounds. This is maybe still in the top five. Um. But Jordy Nelson, coming off the injury. Whoa! All right. I still think he's a he's a high. That could be any player though. He's going. Yeah, well, absolutely, it could. But and it's unfortunate he was injured. But mm. I would say that that's a bit of a red flag for the first couple of rounds for me. I'm going to stay clear from him. Okay. For those for those rounds. So that's just my that's my gut. Everything I'm said tonight. is Aaron Rodgers has
0: got to throw at someone, and he does. I don't think have anyone, he's probably throwing there, isn't he?
1: Eddie Lacey, biggest target. Yeah.
0: We'll see. Eddie Lacey's not great at catching the ball. <laughs>
1: Don't a big target.
0: <laughs> well, he's got smaller over this season. Anyway, that's your lot for part one. Let's have a quick break and we're back again for part two. Welcome back to part two of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. We've just talked about fantasy wide receivers that you probably shouldn't pick in the first five rounds. I think it went pretty well, King. I think, you know, we didn't play it too safe.
1: No, I think we were quite controversial, actually.
0: (laughs) Wait for the hate to pour in. Um, So, I mean, we've got to talk about some stuff that's going on Mm -hmm. in the world of football right now. And one thing that's really impressive at the moment has to be Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody thought this guy was going to come out. Fourth round pick-up for them in the draft. Yep. Um, I don't think the Cowboys were expecting this.
1: No, I don't think they were.
0: And it's only because Kellen Moore went down with an injury, is that right, in the first game? Yeah. Dad like Dak Prescott even got on the field for that first game. But he's just been amazing. I mean, I know it's pre-season, I know we shouldn't be focusing on it at all, but this changes a lot for the Cowboys. Mm. This gives them now, you know, if Romo goes down, which he seems to do a lot every year, it's not going to be last year for the Cowboys. No, They've they- got a genuine chance of winning some games. I mean, you know, when we looked at last year's games, you wouldn't pick the Cowboys until Romo came back.
1: No, no. Any of
0: their matchups.
1: No, we. um, The interesting thing is people were flippantly sort of throwing out the comparison of Prescott to uh, to Russell Wilson prior Mm -hmm. to the draft, Um, and he is that he, you know, he's got a similar style of play. Um, But they, you know, yes, he's he's clearly improved under under their tutelage. But he's uh, they obviously didn't believe in him because I think they they've inquired they certainly inquired about Nick Foles. Yeah. Um, So they were actively pursuing. An alternative for a backup quarterback, so I think he's exceeded expectations as well in the first two preseason games. So I'm just going to chuck one stat out there for you. You love a good stat. Well, through two games, he's 22 of 27 with six touchdowns and no interceptions.
0: Yeah, these aren't Tom Brady tiny throws no. either. These are some bombs going. They are,
1: and it looks as looks as though he's already built a connection with Des Bryant as well, which is hugely impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's quite balanced. So four of those were th- were throwing touchdowns. He's had two rushing touchdowns as well. Yeah. And one of those was a 15 yard dash free pump fake to, you know, as he was approaching the line of scrimmage to to sort of gain some more separation before sort of rushing to, rushing into the end zone. So
0: mm-hmm. one of those drops is, but one of the very few drops that went straight into a receiver's hands, didn't it? And came out. It's not as if they're, yeah. they're sailing way over or anything.
1: No, I think he had another touchdown as well that was called back for for um, offensive pass interference. So he yeah. would have had seven or eight yeah. touchdowns. So yeah. he's. You know he's playing amazing. If you think about that, if that's two of the that's two of the, the incompletions he's had out of those, what twenty two or twenty seven. So yeah. all of a sudden, he's uh, you know he's looking nigh on perfect. But it's I, the other thing I want to mention, and this is the huge thing for me. So the main reason we're in. talking about this is the Prescott versus Romo. Yes. Debate that is <laughs> yeah. inevitably going to happen. Well, it's going to escalate the more, or if he continues to play at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to preempt that and put our points across. Yep. Um, I actually really like Tony Romo. And when healthy, Tony Romo is one of the, I think, top five or six quarterbacks in the league, in my yeah. opinion. Um, But he has averaged only 12 games since 2010.
0: Mm-hmm. It's which always is, been their Achilles heel, hasn't it?
1: Which is which is not yeah, which is not good and, and it's never an Achilles injury, so there is no, there yeah. is some irony there. But it's um <laughs> This is this is the, the number I want to throw out there for you. So one of them is twenty million eight hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah. The other is five hundred and forty five thousand eight hundred and forty eight dollars. <laughs> That's yeah. That's the salaries for this season mm-hmm. for Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Yeah. So one is 20 million and change more than the other one.
0: Mhm. I've got two more numbers for you. Go on them. 36 and 23. 36 and
1: 23. Yes, the ages of both of these players. Yep. Yes, yeah, so f- from, from... If when you put it into sort of layman's terms like that, you kind We're of being go,
0: cold and heartless. I'm we just are looking being cold at numbers.
1: And we are being cold and heartless, but you look at those numbers <laughs> and you kind of go, "Actually, that's the difference between the Cowboys having also having someone like Von Miller as, yeah. well, as well as Dak Prescott playing at the level he's already playing at." Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's difficult then to ignore those that that, that sort of well those statistics because their defense is poor. And actually, if that money can be used elsewhere to improve their defence, even a couple or three good, solid starting players mm. that could step in and contribute for them, it's, you know, maybe it's something they need to entertain depending on what Tony Romo's health is like throughout a few games. It
0: is strange because it's widely regarded that the Cowboys have got the best O-line in football. And yep. they've had that best O-line for a few years now. And mm-hmm. they've got better with Leo Collins as well.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So... Why the hell does Romo keep getting injured so much? Is I he really know. made of glass? I mean, he doesn't look like he's made of glass. No. He's made I, of burgers or something, but... No,
1: well, he's putting some weight, but it's, um... It just looks... To, it, it's the collarbone a lot of the time, isn't it? And he keeps... Yeah. He just... He, he's very unlucky in, in a sense that he falls badly and people tend to land directly on top of him. <laughs> um so it is unfortunate so it's like a
0: big squidgy cushion
1: yeah and, and you know he tries really hard and he stays in there and he throws the ball everything you'd want from your quarterback if he was on your team mm. uh, neither of us are Cowboys fans so I think we can afford no. to be a little bit more cynical Yeah, uh, and we've not necessarily got this <laughs> this connection with Tony Romo That,
0: but at the same time you've got to feel
1: bad for him I mean he's tried oh, he's, he's been on
0: a rubbish team for a long time and he's a bit like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning when they're at the Colts you know mm. They they do elevate that team to more than they are. Oh, they, you
1: know they do. He's been you he's can been amazing. tell when he's
0: not in the lineup. Yeah, of course you. Well, I wouldn't. Last but, season, you could definitely tell.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also, it, it's it's frustrating to see someone who's worked so hard to get to where he is. Yeah. Um, as well, you know, Tony Romo for the, those of you who don't know was an undrafted free agent. No one wanted him in the draft. He came in. He worked his butt off. Yeah. He got picked he managed to win the starting job for the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, one of the richest franchises in the world, and he's gone from an undrafted free agent.
0: It helps it looks like the Marlboro Man. But yeah. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, which is just, well, it's just ridiculous. So from that perspective, you know, I, I, you want to see him do well, and clearly he has, because he's earning over 20 million, or is due to owe, um, earn over 20 million this season. Mm. But you can't ignore the fact that how well Prescott is playing but
0: it's only pre-season we've got to, it is we've got to nail that asterisk on these games it is we? pre-season
1: but the really good ones you notice straight away I remember yeah. seeing Andrew Luck I remember seeing Russell Wilson these guys come in in pre-season yeah at the time they were well, Luck was named starter immediately but Russell Wilson came in and you know was in a, a quarterback battle initially and you could just see he was head and shoulders above the rest of these players I think the problem is Romo is an elite player um, but if Prescott was If Prescott was in a In a lineup Similar to say Paxton Lynch Where he's against a Sanchez <laughs> um, You know and, 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 a, and other distinctly Average quarterbacks Prescott yes. There is no way You wouldn't be saying Prescott is the starter now And the Cowboys Wouldn't be announcing that
0: mm.
1: It's just the fact that Romo has been so good For so long But he is going to Regress at some point
0: yeah, he's thirty six. He know. is. He's older than us.
1: He, well, he is absolutely. So it's you know f- from my perspective, and we're regressing already. We're we in like episode two. We are <laughs> regressing, but it's um, yeah. I I feel like they've got a decision on their hands. I mean, maybe not the start of this season, um, but certainly the end of the next season because I think he goes up again from twenty, just over twenty million, um, Whew. next year, and that's a, that's a massive hit on the salary cap. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he wants to retire a Cowboy and he'll sort of hand over the reins.
0: Restructure the contract as yeah, well, maybe. Yeah,
1: do what, um, do what Tom Brady does every year and, and take a pay cut. You know, mm. that could be an option for him if they don't think Prescott's ready. And, you know, Prescott might be... I know that Aaron Rodgers was sort of chomping at the bit to play, but he, uh, you know... He, he, he sat he, behind Favre. He, yeah, he, he sat behind him, he, he put the headset on and he learnt as much as he could and came in immediately, made a difference.
0: I think it's a great... Great position now for Prescott because like like you said, he can now sit behind an elite quarterback mm. and really learn he's got no pressure now he's shown that he can do it at least in the preseason
1: yeah Romo's the one with the pressure now because prescott's yeah, yeah absolutely Prescott from a small sample size, you cannot do any better than Prescott has done so far, no um. You know, and this, there's going to be other teams making calls about his availability in a couple of seasons if he's not starting. So the Cowboys mm-hmm. are going to have to make a decision sooner rather than later.
0: I think this is now they've, you know, stumbled on their heir apparent yeah. for their quarterback position without, you know, really trying that hard. They've managed to stumble across what could be their future.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's a very, now it's a much easier transition. You know, if Romo does go down for a couple of games there's not suddenly the wild panic that they're going to end up bottom of the division.
1: No. And they were looking for it this year. They were look. they clearly knew that he was, you know, he's coming to an end of the Romo era in in, yeah. in Dallas. Cause uh, from what I heard, they, you know, they inquired about trading up, um, to get Paxton Lynch. Uh, they were interested at one point in a, in a quarterback at four. Mm. Um, but you know, with the trades and stuff, that wasn't an option. So they took Ezekiel Elliott. So it's not as if they weren't looking for, for the heir apparent. Um, and it's you know it's fantastic for them that they appear to have found found it in a sort of mid mid round draft pick in Dak Prescott. So you
0: yeah, know, good for him. There's I know we shouldn't be doing this, King, but I want to throw in a kind of half segue. Okay. But someone else that's done all right so far in preseason mm-hmm. as a quarterback is Cardell Jones. Yep. For the Buffalo Bills. Yep. You know, picked out from Ohio State, round four, just like yep. Dak Prescott. Yep. Um,
1: we touched on why last week a bit, didn't we? Yeah, Cardell Jones.
0: Yeah, but I just think that there seem to be a few similarities between those two, don't they? They seem kind of dual threat. And just when you thought Tyrod Taylor had secured the number one job, this kid's come in and he's not looking too bad either.
1: No, no. Well, at the start of the season, uh, based on a few games, or start of last season, sorry, coming into the the college season, Cardell Jones was pro- projected to be a top ten pick based on the. I think he only played four games in his rookie season in college, right? Um, and won the national title. Mm. So everyone thought, well, actually, if he's going to play like that in four games, if he would continued <laughs> yeah. that level of play, yeah. he absolutely would have been one of the top quarterbacks taken. Um, you know, Wentz came out of nowhere. Goff was there or thereabouts. People kind of knew about him, but yeah, you know, I think his value was inflated somewhat because because of the need for quarterbacks. Um, but, jo- but Jones was was in that conversation as as a top ten pick. He just. Got he actually lost his starting job at Ohio State in, in his last season. That's that's not to, you know it's not to say he's not a good player at all because Ohio State has is you know is undoubtedly one of the best recruiters of talent. Um, yeah. In the league, so it's um, yeah Jones Jones you know Jones is one of those guys where he could be in a couple of seasons one of the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's just to draft him with a really high draft pick, was really, really difficult um, for any team because the sample size was so small. Mm. Uh, whereas at least Pres- Prescott, you got a bit more of a... Uh, got a larger sample size, but he also didn't... He was at Mississippi State, so he wasn't playing with, you know, Ohio State had three players in the top 10. Yeah, Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller mm. as well was taken in the third round. So they, they you know, they had a number of really sh- solid players that Cardell Jones was playing with or throwing to. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas um, Dak Prescott didn't have that luxury. So it's... Um, Maybe that's why he was sort of one under the radar as well, to some extent. Well, the reason
0: I mentioned Cardell Jones is because, you know, we just talked about Dak Prescott and uh, fourth round uh, quarterbacks. But we also wanted to talk about Carlos Williams. Yeah. And what's going to happen to him because, you know, last season he was a touchdown machine. Yeah,
1: he was. was it ten it's... touchdowns in ten games, I think, wasn't it? No, oh, it, was it was ridiculous. Every time he touched the ball, it seemed yeah. he was running it into the end zone, yeah.
0: And so he was going to, you know, Probably get picked up quite early on fantasy draft boards, yep, yeah, a few days ago the bills decided to release him following uh, not a great off season I guess is what is the best way we can describe well, this, good, good from a personal, the nicest way we good can describe from a
1: personal it. standpoint cause he had a kid
0: yeah. Bad,
1: yeah bad from from a career standpoint because he turned up overweight and then was caught taking performance enhancing drugs, which mm. you can only assume was to try and assist in him losing the weight that he came, came he gained yeah. he gained over the off season. <laughs> Yeah, so not great from that perspective. Um, That's a quick kick out of the door, though. Yeah, that is interesting. Considering
0: they've got no one else apart from LeSean in the backfield, really. No,
1: no, that seems as if there's other stuff going on behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, But nevertheless, a talent. You know, you look at players. Blunt's maybe not quite as elite, but LeGarrette Blunt had. Major issues in college. Uh, actually got kicked off Oregon for punching a, an opposing player after a game. Doesn't surprise me. Which is why he went undrafted. Had a really good rookie year at the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then went on to the Patriots, and has you know, it 's just been a really solid player. Has actually been a really good performer in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, loves playing against the Colts. Um, went to you guys, he had some issues. Us. Went to the Steelers, had some issues, and now he's back again. Um, yeah. You know, there is room for. Um, dysfunctional running backs. Um, you just <laughs> got to find. Just, just talk to Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, you've just, but you've got to find the right team that can deal with those. Yeah. Steelers being one, mm-hmm. um, but you don't need one. You don't need a running back. So let's 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 talk about where to. We, we don't really want to he's go. He's got into...
0: to go somewhere though, hasn't he? I know he's too talented to not. Turn up oh somewhere. yeah of
1: course he'll definitely get he'll he'll definitely get opportunities have you have you sort of put any thought into where you think would be a good landing I'm, spot I'm for gonna,
0: him I'm the seed to you on this one King because I mean you could pick out half the league really that he'd help at least you know yeah. maybe not as the, the feature back but
1: mm-hmm.
0: and also it needs to go somewhere where they can actually nurture him and obviously if something's gone wrong there then you need someone to put their arm around him someone who's going to be uh, a good influence yeah so I mean have you got any thoughts on on where he could potentially land up?
1: Yeah, I've got a few teams actually. Okay. Um, one of them is actually where we definitely know that he maybe not nurture him, but probably not take take any rubbish from him. Is is the Patriots? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know the heir apparent to Legarrette Blunt. The only the only issue is, I think Williams is so young, early in his career, and has really only had this discretion so far since being a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to demand more money than I think Legarrette Blunt is on. Blunt, I think, only earns. Uh, earns between 1 and 2 mil a season. Yeah. Um so he's almost a you know a minimum player um <laughs> from a salary perspective. Um whereas I think Williams would demand more. So I think that maybe takes the patriots off there but I still think he'd be a... and they've got
0: they've got running backs there. Yeah, Lewis
1: is injured though, hasn't he? So Lewis Lewis, Lewis is, Roy, is out for Brandon another
0: Bolding, you know, the yeah. Blunt's still there. This is
1: true but they with Lewis being out another 8 to 10 weeks, I think just having another dynamic playmaker in there is going to help especially when they've got Garoppolo so I think they're going to try and run the ball a bit more for the first few games until point. Brady gets
0: back they could always drop him can't they yeah
1: yeah. so that would be an option although saying that while Bra- while Brady's suspended uh, Carlos Williams is also suspended he so is yeah, hang on that, to that it. Yeah. I've, just, I've just counted my own argument there yeah, well, but, well um, so the Patriots would be one team um, <laughs> he's out four games isn't it he is four games yeah. yeah yeah. Okay. Redskins would be another that's a really weak
0: backfield isn't it Which yeah with, when they have got rid of Alfred Morris, yeah,
1: with and Matt Morris Jones gone, is down with an injury. Yeah, with Morris gone, I think they need they need an established runner um, to come in. They had a one nice one two punch last season. Mm-hmm. They've got a nice one punch. They need that. <laughs> they need that counter. So I think that uh, Carlos could
0: Carlos could Williams could be that guy Yeah, he could.
1: He could absolutely. Um, you've then got the other one that's got a glaring need at running back, which I think is the Indianapolis Colts. Frank Gore. Yeah, they got a glaring need at running (laughs) back. I still stick to that point. Yeah, Frank Gore. This isn't 2007 Frank Gore, isn't it? No, no. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think the Colts could, you know, Andrew Luck. They've built the offensive line, Mm -hmm. so it could be a good place to run behind. Ryan Kelly was a fantastic draft pick, I thought. Yeah. Um, So from their perspective, I feel like having an addition. It's a good place for him, though.
0: I mean, I've got my reservations about Chuck Pagano.
1: I don't don't necessarily think the coach is the issue I think that it's a good place for him to go and play because he's got a young you know I want to say emerging but he's probably emerged already Mm -hmm. Um, uh, quarterback in uh, Andrew Luck
0: yeah I think he's emerged
1: yeah and actually playing with someone like Frank Gore um, would probably help him initially it's going to keep him (laughs) keep him in line show him what to do yeah probably give him some insight into into what to do in the future so Mm it could be a really good landing spot for him yeah and the other place this is sort of semi biased is is the Chargers. I'd quite like <laughs> him to go there. <laughs> you know, we've got we've got Gordon which I hope had finally has that breakout season this year. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't didn't see what we expected to see last season. No. Um Danny Wood had, Danny Woodhead is, you know, is a good player. I think definitely definitely will be on the roster, but I think isn't necessarily what you'd want as your second option at running back. So I think Carlos <laughs> Williams could come in there and, you know, share Share the load with Todd, with uh, not Todd Gurley, I wish, <laughs> yeah. um, with Melvin Gordon, uh, with Melvin Gordon, and uh, you know, and have Woodhead to come in as and when you need him to, and, and mm-hmm. sort of be a bit of an X factor, right? So that's that would be what I would say. Do you agree with those points?
0: Well, there, there are some great spots there, absolutely great spots. There's some massive needs, and you're right. Places like Indianapolis where you can go and and work with someone like Frank Gore. Mm. Well, we talked um, on the
1: talked about the Rogers and and Favre situation. That yeah. could be the, the running back. It's not pick, just wouldn't.
0: quarterbacks that can learn. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: Excellent, King. I think you said it all. So let's have another break. We'll come back for part three, and we're we'll going to talk about the Dolphins. Welcome back to the final part of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. So we've talked about. Fantasy wide receivers, we've talked about Dak Prescott, we've talked about Carlos Williams, a little bit of Cardell Jones. So, for our final parking, we talked about the Bills last week and about what they've got to do going into this season. Mm-hmm. So, we thought we'd look at another team in the AFC East. Mm-hmm. The Heat, well, not that we really like the AFC East, but you know, why not as we're there already? Uh, the Miami Dolphins. And kind of what they've got to do going into this new season, because they didn't have a great season last year, did they?
1: No, they didn't, no.
0: It was below average,
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, no. they'd spent a lot of money, so I think their, <laughs> their their expectations were higher than their achievement levels.
0: It did seem like if they just brought in Dom Sue and went, all right, it's done now.
1: Yeah, he actually and... didn't have a bad season. He took a few games, but he actually didn't have a bad season. No. He just didn't have a lot of help. Absolutely. It he d- also didn't help when Cameron Wake got injured.
0: Mm. But... Because, yeah, when you look at that that defence, they've got a load of holes. That, they do. Um, but if we look at the offence for a start then, King, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's where all good things start. Yep. And we'll look at the quarterback situation. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill. He's been there for, what is it, four or five years now? Yeah, about that. Yeah, and he's had a rocky road, hasn't he? I mean, I remember a couple of years ago we went to watch the Dolphins in London and... They weren't sure whether he was going to be starting or not. It was the a, a push by uh, Joey Fibbs to try and get him to, to do something. And, and that he did. He completely crushed the Raiders.
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he played well.
0: And then went on to have a pretty good season.
1: Yeah.
0: And then last season's kind of regressed a little bit. Which I believe is down to that O-line. Which okay. Which is shocking. Yep. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't think it gets any sort of criticism that it should do. That Dolphins O-line. Whenever I watch the Dolphins play... Rhyneton has as long as the snap takes to get to his hands before there's a defender in his face. If
1: the snap even gets to his hands,
0: yeah, because usually it's going over his shoulder yep. or it's not going; it's just grazing the grass. Um, is that to do with Mike Pouncy not being fit a lot, or just when he is fit, he's not doing very well? There's got to be a connection there, isn't there, between the centre the, and? Yeah, there has. The
1: there has got to be. Um, I, I I don't really know enough about their relationship to be honest with you. Uh, no. I know he has been injured a lot, which hasn't helped. It's a um, pouncy curse. It is a pouncy curse. I was going to say it happened to his, happens to his brother a lot as well. But um, yeah, it's kind of a strange one from, from that perspective. I think they were the only team ever to have three safeties in a row in three consecutive games uh, last yeah. season. Which, which is an astounding stat really because you're in the pros. You're yeah. all getting paid millions. Just, it's a snap. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, and, and
0: no one was blaming the O-line for that. At least, you know, not the, uh, the pundits.
1: Well, I think they just, everyone was just laughing it off because it was quite amusing. Yeah. But actually, that is there's clearly a fundamental issue there, mm. uh, which needs to be addressed. So, whether that is Pouncy, I don't know. He's he's not a bad player, Pouncy. Um right. but yeah, not not necessarily fit enough, and I don't think performing to a high enough standard. So, I think that needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, I mean, they at least. Got in Lamry Tunsil, which yeah, is a massive upgrade that, for them.
1: That is a huge upgrade. We're looking at the depth chart now, though, and I can yeah. see that he's actually been kicked inside to guard from left tackle. Mm. So we're obviously happy with Brandon Albert at left tackle.
0: Do you think that's just like the Dolphins' um, staffer? You know, the main guys on holiday still because the preseason's going, no one cares. So when the full time guy gets back, he'll sort out the depth chart and and rearrange that. To Possibly, the right
1: order. it could also be they're going down the Cowboys route which we, is,
0: we we can see Jay Ajayi is the number one back ahead of Arian Foster. Yeah, and I don't think even Jay Ajayi would put himself ahead of Arian Foster in the depth chart.
1: Not at the moment. the The only thing that makes me that makes me think that's tactical is that Laramie Tunsil potentially, if you kicked him inside, could have like a Zach Martin style impact mm-hmm. internally and, and assist with the run game. Yeah, and just shore up that whole left side. But Brandon Albert outside him, him inside, and they're just going to run the ball left every single time. Yeah, uh, which is a front which, to be fair, could work. Um, mm. But that's the only reason I can think that they kicked him inside to guard. Yeah, because um, he is, uh, you know, everyone said he's, uh, you know, he, he was a franchise bookend that's going to be your left tackle for the next ten years, and for a team that had had line issues last. Offensive line issues last year. Yeah, you'd think it's a given he'd be put top of the depth chart a left or right tackle, depending if you're comfortable with your left tackle at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have him second on the depth chart at guard, I think, it's a bit shocking. I
0: think he'll move up by the, uh, the yeah first week of the regular season.
1: Yeah, I would. I would say so too. But yeah, he is a huge addition for but them. That should really help.
0: But then to the overall point, I actually don't mind Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. I think that when you see him playing well, when he has a bit of time in the pocket, which yep. is very rare. He's able to find the throws. He's got some good receivers to throw at.
1: Has he? That was getting to yeah. my point.
0: Well, he's Jarvis got, Landry.
1: He's got. Jarvis I think Landry.
0: is a, is a legit receiver.
1: It is is a legit receiver, but I don't necessarily think is a number one receiver. Ooh. I think he'd be a very good number two receiver on another team.
0: Again, I just think it's one of those things where until the O line good enough to give. Tannehill a chance to throw it, mm-hmm. it then impacts onto Landry and Landry. Well, you watched last season; he has to do more and more outrageous things to get the ball. He has to do more screens. He has to, you know, yeah, he has to make different routes just to get possession of the ball and then do his thing. Mm. Um, Devonte Parker, I think, is a work in progress. A bit like Devin Funchis, I think he's getting better.
1: He, yeah, he sounds like it. Funchess, I think, has made leaps, um, whereas I've not heard a great deal about Parker so far in this off season, but. He he definitely was improving towards the end of it last, last regular season. So if that's anything to go by, then he can make that step up and and sort of be a you know at least at least something to, to sort of take notice of from an offensive standpoint. Um, but other than that, I don't. I'm not sure. Oh,
0: no, they brought in Kenny Stills to take over from Brian Hartline's position as the
1: yeah. That's not safety bad,
0: net. That's not a bad pickup. Jordan Cameron had a not very good season, so they brought in Thomas Duarte as the uh, new rookie tight end. Um, down the depth chart at the moment, but obviously that could change. There's been some good news coming out from camp.
1: Yeah, Jordan so. Cameron's I think underrated. I think he had a bad season last year, but like you said, he you know the guy throwing in the ball had no time. Yeah. Um, but he's you know he's been a solid player since he's come in. Hugely athletic tight end. Um, so I think you know in the right situation could could really sort of prosper. So you'd hope that all things come together and and mm. everyone's ticking. Um,
0: that O line will give everyone more time. Mm. And then you've got Arian Foster, they've brought it, throw more money at it. You know, it's a really, really shallow backfield. I mean, once you take out Arian Foster, which, you know, you could very easily do with a, an Achilles style <laughs> uh, knock, then you've got Jay Ajayi, who, you know, is a is a Brit, so we've got to love him. But um, at the same time, he's quite petite for a, a running back. He's definitely not a every down back. No. And then you're kind of scraping the barrel as you go back. I mean, you said about Kenyon Drake, though. I did say that Kenyon the Drake they picked up in the draft.
1: Yeah, I think Kenyon Drake's going to be a standout in a couple of years. Um, Ooh, I love when the King fans a pick. Yeah, he's um, he was really really good at Alabama. Um, really? Always, always was an option, even when they had players like T.J. Yeldon um, in the mix. He's always been there or thereabouts. Shared some shared some time with Derrick Henry, who's coming and done really well for the Titans so far in the preseason. So Kenyon Drake, I think actually longer term could be could be a more viable option. Actually, be a number one running back for them. So I think that was a fantastic pickup late late in the draft. Yeah. So I do think that they've got a third option, a, a viable third option in Kenyon Drake. Um,
0: could quite quickly be a second option.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, could be. Um, but I, I I don't sleep on Kenyon Drake being uh, being a third option. I think actually they've got depth at running back uh, now that they've got. Drake as an option. So yeah, I'm just saying that, you know,
0: if, if Foster goes out, then you're only looking at jji and then Kenyan Drake as a work in progress. Yeah, it could
1: be. yeah, absolutely. But I, th- I don't necessarily think that's an area of need because I think Drake could come in and do a really good job and actually, mm. in theory, push one of those two out of a job uh, in in later in the season. So I think he, I actually think he's that good. So
0: you heard it here first. Yeah, because I mean, no one's talking about Kenyan Drake.
1: No, I think he's going to be a really solid player later in the, later in the season. Certainly later in what in the next couple of seasons.
0: So they've done some good work on offense. You know, it's still, you know, very glitzy on the top first eleven, but maybe you know needs a little bit more padding in depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the defense, then so obviously Nadomakansu was the massive the uh, you know, the big ticket item from last year. They have brought in Mario Williams this off season from mm-hmm. the Bills. So obviously he knows the division well. Didn't have a great season last year, and he got five sacks out of fifteen games, right okay, but uh you know he's not bad no one, I, one of the better players on the Bill's defense
1: I do occasionally write notes, and all I've written about <laughs> their next to their defensive ends is aging
0: yeah aging all right. for yeah, Cameron Wake
1: and Mary Williams both though have isn't he? both have been pro bowlers, both don't seem to have lost a step yet, so you'd hope they've got one more sort of solid year in them um. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's one of those positions that sometimes you can just be a wily old vet. If you know, look at Demarcus Ware, who I think the Cowboys had had, had thought had had gone really, Dying and up, and yeah. had uh, you know they'd sort of milked him for for everything all his worth. But um, <laughs> you know, he's gone and, and he's played amazing and actually taken a leadership role in mm-hmm. the Broncos um, in the Broncos system and 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 really sort of prospered. So there are a lot of names see... in that
0: front seven, aren't there? Like Kiko Alonso and. Earl oh, Mitchell and Cameron Wake and Tom can see
1: yeah well Kiko Alonso they picked up in a trade the same trade that they picked up um, Byron Maxwell yes and Kiko Alonso actually when he's fit is fantastic mm. Um, but has played in his three seasons in the NFL has not has only played one full season mm-hmm. healthy um, and actually I think got to the pro Bowl with uh, the Bills in his rookie season Yeah. and then was traded to the Eagles because he used to play under Chip Kelly and he wanted him back, so he played for him when he was in Oregon. Right, uh, had a couple of really good games. He's he's just one. I've, there's not many from my from what I've seen. There's not many linebackers that have his ball skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put him in Keekley's category from a pure um, his ability to actually cover receivers. And get his hands on the ball. Okay. Um, it's just his fitness, yeah, uh, and, and actually being able to stay on the field that means he's not sort of been mentioned in that top tier of, of linebackers. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys will disagree, <laughs> but um, you know, Kermezy's not a bad well, player. Mrs. Alonso, I'm sure, will be agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, but Kermezy's not a bad player either. Kermezy. Yeah, he's you know he's a solid player. Maxwell. Is he going to bounce back? Cause he had a poor season last year after getting paid a load of money. Yeah. He's still on that contract now, so he's yeah. still getting paid a load of money.
0: I mean, that that those defensive backs, yeah. that's got to be the real weakness, hasn't it, now? I mean, last season it was the O-line, but now it's got to be those those cornerbacks and safeties.
1: Yeah, I can't see a lot else outside of Byron Maxwell, to be fair. The safety's not... Rashad Jones isn't bad, to be fair. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see who's going to help Byron Maxwell. And I think we saw what we saw last season is Byron Maxwell isn't the best at being a number one... Corner. No, he's he's probably good in that second or third option, which he was, you know, he he sort of excelled at within the Seahawks um, team. But Mm. I don't necessarily think he is established or has the skills to be a.
0: He's not an island, is he? I don't think
1: he's an island. No, Um, played a lot of zone with the Seahawks, so maybe that's something they'll need to incorporate at the Dolphins. But we shall see.
0: I think that was one of the main problems for the Dolphins: they only brought in two defensive players in the draft. Mm -hmm. and one of them was Javion Howard as a cornerback but uh, you know
1: there's question marks at the back yeah yeah. and if they're not if weight goes down and Williams only gets five sacks again Mm. they are going to struggle
0: exactly because that's now predicated on getting at the quarterback as quick as possible to then take the pressure off your middling backs
1: yeah and with those two people you potentially only need to and you know with Sue who can rush Internally, on Mitchell's solid run stopper, yeah. They could, you know, they can create pressure just by rushing four, yeah, um, which will help, which will help because you can play, you know, you could play two deep safeties, um, which you know will assist, hopefully, stop you getting burnt over the top too much. Uh, it, it, you just want to, you just want to see that front seven get. Murray Williams potentially, you know, he's not going to get 15 to 20 sacks, I don't think, but if you can get into double digits. And Cameron Wake's going to do his consistent sort of fourteen sacks a year, despite you know the ageless wonder that he is. As long <laughs> as he's fit, Sue's going to get in the you know I reckon Sue's going to get around five this season and, and sort of up from last year, which will be good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if they can get that many sacks from those three players, you know with the occasional blitz and stuff, I think they're going to be, they could be dangerous. It's yeah. just I worry if they don't get that pressure. From the front four, yeah, they're going to get torched.
0: And it's just kind of like last season—you need all of your best players to be playing well all the time.
1: Yeah, and that's difficult. Yeah, that's difficult.
0: Just through fatigue and injury, and mm-hmm. you know, if one one side's on the field more than the other side, it's you know, it's going to start getting top heavy. Yep. Um,
1: but Kiko Lon- Lonzo could be a good addition for them. Yeah, I think I think I'm just thinking now. Just to summarise, sorry, because I know we're coming to the yeah, end got of, of the podcast, up. <laughs> but. Um, you know, I think the Dolphins offensively. I think they've got their quarterback that they want. There's still question marks there, but if he can get, if he can stay upright, I think he can be dynamic enough to win them some games. Mm-hmm. I think wide receivers. I really like Jarvis Landry. Um, I think Parker's, okay, you know, he's doing okay and is yeah. developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think they need a, a true number one receiver. Um, and defensive ends, they need to find the heir apparent to Cameron Wake. I can't say the heir apparent to Mario Williams since it's his first season with the Dolphins, <laughs> but they they in all likelihood need to find two defensive ends in the next couple of years to replace those two guys. So, yeah. Um. But you know they've 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 got the core there. They've got they've got some stars in that team. Yeah. Too. Yeah. They have absolutely. So well, I, I think just, they've
0: got to stick it with Tannehill for a bit longer. You know, I think yeah. he's not as bad. He's not. He's in that second tier of quarterbacks or th- you know, almost third tier quarterbacks, but he's not a, a bad quarterback. No. There's, I, I there's, could list ten quarterbacks that are worse than Tannehill right now. No, there's, there's I'm not gunny, but I could.
1: <laughs> no, Tannehill's in a bracket that incorporates some other players that are in better situations than he is. Yeah. Um so the fact that he's still, you know, I think in that in that conversation with some of those other guys, I think shows shows that he is talented. It's just a case of you know he needs help, same as Andrew. Like last season, needed help.
0: We all need help, King, and that's why I got you.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening. We're gonna to have to get going now. But just before we go, um, if you want to hit us up, you can get us on Twitter at Jim and the King, on Instagram, on SoundCloud, or at JimandtheKing.com. Uh, we'll be on YouTube as well very soon. Uh, when the season starts, we'll start doing some videos. Uh, we're going to be on iTunes very shortly as well. So please feel free to get in contact with us. Um, we're doing this just for you guys. Until next week, I'm Jim, That's King. Thanks for listening.